Well, let's stand as we read from our passage in Romans chapter number 13, Romans the 13th chapter, Romans 13 beginning in verse number 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God, whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation for rulers are not a terror to good works but to evil or to the evil wilt thou then not be afraid of the power do that which is good and thou shalt have praise of the same for he is a minister of God to thee for good but if thou do that which is evil be afraid for he beareth not the sword in vain for he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause, or for for this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Let's pray. Cohen, would you pray for us? Amen. You may be seated. So I've been thinking about this some, uh, Cohen. <clears throat> There's a, we would go to a conference in Arkansas, and there was a young man there who was the son of, the eldest son of the preacher that I was mentioning earlier, David. And uh, he just knew every time I got up to preach at that conference that I was going to call on him to pray. You know, I mean, he would be back there. And it, you know, the first time it was it was it, it troubled him, you know, but um, he got accustomed to it until he got a girlfriend, and then he had to pray with her sitting or standing right beside, you know, him, and it was a little more uncomfortable for him. Um, but uh, not that any of that applies to you necessarily, as far as the any kind of discomfort or or being afraid to pray or anything. I'm not saying that, but it does it does make me think about him whenever I call upon you, uh, because. Um, you being a young man, so. Well, last week we looked generally at verses 1 through 7, but uh, this morning we want to look at some of these things a little more specifically. I'm not going to be able to make it through as much as I had wanted to, but um, that's always the case with me. But, um, you know, verse, verse number 1, I guess, as we begin to break these things down and we look at the beginning of verse number 1, it says, let every soul, you know, we said some foundational outline things last week but here we have let every soul be subject uh, so if I were to emphasize what 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 we're wanting to emphasize it's let every soul be subject so is there anyone that's exempt is there anyone that 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 does not have to pay heed you know to uh, the injunction that is given you know unto, uh, unto us here uh, no it says let every soul let every soul be subject 
Um, you know, even the judge is to be subject to, you know, the law of the land. He, he, he shouldn't just interpret things the way that he wants. I uh, shouldn't be able to do that, but um, I know those things can happen. But let every soul <clears throat> be subject. So it's a command to every soul. And it doesn't say man. It says soul, to every soul. Every soul is going to be held accountable um, on judgment day. Let every soul be subject. So none are excluded. All are responsible. All will be held accountable, and all will be judged accordingly. Uh, God has established the powers of government. We, we see that within, you know, our text. He's established them for a purpose. And we see that in our text, don't we? And, and we're not going to unwrap all of that today. But, but we see that there's a purpose in which, I mean, can you, you imagine if, 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 if we did not have some of those things in, in place, you know, what it would be like. We know what it's like even now with those things in place. Um, you know, can you imagine what it would be like? What chaos? I mean, the devil would, wouldn't the devil love that for there to be complete and utter total chaos all the time? Um, I certainly, I think that he would. Um, but it's, 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 it's good to know that we're called to be subject to these things. The Lord's, the Lord's given us clear, you know, instruction as far as the state is concerned that we are to be subject. Um, you know, you see some of the, the mentality of the Jew you know, in the day in which this letter, you know, was written, that Rome, and this letter's being written, you know, to Christians in Rome, but the, the Jew of that day, you know, would have, would have despised, you know, Rome and would have, have done everything they could, you know, perhaps to, to be against, um, you know, Rome, just refusing, you know, Rome as, as uh, being any type of rule. Um, you know, what would happen for us? I mean, here we are, you know, what would happen if, if, if we were overrun by a foreign power? Well, if they take power, then we would be called to be subject to that authority, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, it, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm talking about if, if so I, barring any type of battle that would take place, you know, because we were being invaded, but if we were overtaken um, and we're still living here, we would be like the Jew in the day of Rome occupying, you know, Jerusalem. And here Paul is giving instruction to these Christians that they are to obey, you know, the, the powers that be. So where the powers that be, where do they come from? God grants that power. So, so um, it's not a pleasant thought to think about if that were to be the case. But, but we are called to be uh, subject unto the state. If that state's been established, then that's the state in which God's given us to serve, perhaps. Uh, if we put it in other, uh, other terms, what if we were a missionary to a foreign country? We would uh, have to obey and abide by, you know, those laws. We couldn't say, well, you know what, I'm an American. I don't have to abide by these laws. No, I'm sorry. You live here in our country. I, I know where you're from, but it doesn't make any difference. You know, you, you're here, so you've got to abide by these laws. We drive on you know, the opposite of the side of the road. So you can't drive on the side of the road that you're accustomed to driving on. You know, there's going to be chaos. You know, you're going to have to drive, you know, on the left side instead of on the, you know, right side uh, of the road. So, um, you know, we, we could understand where that could be a real problem, couldn't it? If we were to be, you know, in a place like that and try to do things perhaps even the way that we do them here. And we could say, well, what way we do it's right. <laughs> you know, you may say that, I may say that, but that doesn't make it so, you know, there. So, um, we are called to abide by those authorities, you know, that are over us. 
And as you think about it in terms like that, that helps to explain higher powers. So what is meant by higher powers? Because some commentaries, you know, will say, well, that just means, you know, because you see this word powers in there. So a lot of places you see the word powers in, in the New Testament, you know, has to do with angelic, you know, demonic, you know, realms uh, of power. But here I think we're talking about a practical application that Paul's making as we've been talking about relationships, relationships between one another as Christians, relationships with those that are outside of the church, and here, relationship with, you know, the government, so, or the state. <clears throat> I mean, think about Christians that find themselves abiding in other places. Um, you know, we may think that, that our freedoms are, go- are being stepped on. Uh, think about China. Think about Russia. Think about Iran. You know, those, those are places that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are having to abide by um, the rules and, and the laws you know, as long as they don't transgress God's laws, they're having to abide by those rules and laws, you know, of that land. Um, I mean, think if you ladies had to wear, you know, one of those things over your head and across your face, and it's not a uh, cold climate, you know, it's rather, it's rather warm, you know, there. Um, so, you know, abiding by, you know, certain laws that they have, you know, in place. So things look different there than they look here. Um, some of them might look at us and say, I wouldn't want to live there because they don't have, you know, that law. I don't know. But let every soul be subject. So just thinking about what some of them suffer, it's kind of a burden to our hearts. I know because we don't have to do some of those things, but our hearts are burdened for them because they do. But be subject. What does that mean? What does it mean to be subject? Um, can it be taken too far, this whole be subject thing? I mean, is it just to obey regardless of what's said? Well, certainly not. It's not that. Um, the word that's used here is not obey. The word that's used here is subject. This word subject kind of carries the connotation of submit. You know, we ourselves as believers are called to submit to one another. Um, you know, I, I may be, you know, Cohen's younger than I am. Um, picking on Cohen day, I guess. I don't know. I'm not, my kids are like, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but Cohen may, may say, you know, Brother Russell, will you help me? You know, I, I need your help, you know. Um, he may not say it like that, but um, and I'm not sure. Going, I'm I'm glad to help you. I'm just trying to I'm trying to use it that way to try to convey this this idea of of, of submitting. Um, yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about uh, Pastor Jess when he was here, and I can't remember his son's name, Joel. So Joel approached me, and I was I saw you look at us. You, he was up here and he was talking to me, and I I mean I'm happy to talk to him just like. I'm talking to somebody, you know, older than me. Um, you know, he was, he was wanting to talk about some things. I was like, great, you know, let's have a conversation. Uh, but, but submitting ourselves to one another, um, you know, I mean, some people would look at, at him maybe, I don't know how old he is, but they might look at him and say, go away, kid, you're bothering me. Uh, I don't have time for, you know, that. I don't have time for you. And I want to carry on a conversation over here. They may not speak that to say that, you know, out loud, but they'd rather have a conversation with somebody else. You know, maybe it's that type of person that's like, you know, I want to go speak to the most important person in the room. Um, I don't want to waste my time on anybody else. You know, I want to look important. So if I go speak to the person that's important, it'll make me look important. You know, and so maybe they go up and talk to Jess. You know, instead of you know talking to to Joel. So, but submitting ourselves, you know, to I mean, I'm I'm called. We're called to love one another. So we're going to love one another. We're going to have to submit ourselves to one another. You know, so <clears throat> being subject carries you know that kind of connotation. 
It's not the word obey, you know, there, <clears throat> because in Scripture we see you know, that wives are to submit themselves to what? Hmm? To their own husbands. Not somebody else's husband, you know, but to their own, you know, husband. So, you know, there's, there's some relationship, you know, things there when we think about this word uh, submit, subject. Um, you think about children. We mentioned that Ephesians 6, 1 passage, you know, last week about children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So when we think about the government in that sense, we're obeying the government in the Lord for this is right. So we're, 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 we're submitting ourselves, subjecting ourselves you know, I think obedience is really a too strong of a word, but, but we're submitting ourselves, subjecting ourselves in the Lord. And if the government says, you must do this, and God says, don't do that, then that's where we're going to clash and we're going to have a problem. But <clears throat> think about it like this. As much as it is possible, we looked at that before, right? As much as it is possible in the previous chapter with you, live peaceably with all men. So take that principle and apply it in this circumstance as much as it's possible for you to subject yourself, submit yourself to the government as much as it is possible. Live peaceably. As much as it is possible, obey the law of the land. Um, <clears throat> you probably get as aggravated as I do. I'm driving down the road, 55 miles an hour. I've got my cruise control set. There's a DPS officer on the side, and everybody slows down you know, at least five miles an hour. You know, they were doing, they were doing, you know, 60 before, but now they're doing 50. You know, they don't just slow down to the speed limit. They're slowing down to less than the speed limit, you know, <clears throat> but that, you know how that is. Everybody sees the law and they may be so wrapped up in their day. They're not even thinking about what speed limit they're driving. They just automatically slam on the brakes. Um, but you see that even that in that happening in that scenario, you see, <laughs> They're, they're submitting when, when they're seen. <laughs> they may not be submitting, you know, otherwise, but they're submitting when they're seen. Um, but um, that's, that's kind of the meaning of being, of being subject. I think First Peter 2.13, we read that last week, 13 and 14 really kind of sums up that idea where it says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. I mean, it's, it's the Lord that's calling us to do this. Whether it be to the king as supreme... Or under governors, you know, king can be above a governor, right? Uh, so the king is supreme, or under governors, under them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Uh, I'm sure it's a relief sometimes when, and Teresa and I were talking about this the other day, that you see a police officer has somebody pulled over on the side of the road. You know, you're supposed to slow down or get in the other lane. I'm sure it's a relief to them when they see a line of cars coming and, you know, people are, are moving over because many of them have been struck, you know, by by a vehicle, but you know, thinking about this idea of praise of the same, you know, there was a time, I don't know if they still do this anymore, but you remember hearing reports of people getting pulled over and they were, they were given like a gift certificate because they were doing what was right. Uh, you never heard that before? Have you ever heard that? No, I've, I've, I've heard of that happening. Have you heard about it before? Yeah. You've heard about it before. Yeah. Uh, was it a gift certificate? I can't remember what it was that they were giving to them or something. Or maybe they were just telling them, you know, we're just pulling you over today. We're not writing you a citation or anything. You weren't doing anything wrong. We're just letting you know we appreciate, you know. <laughs> just for Monopoly, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it, praise of the same, right? So there's, there's an instance in which praise is being given, you know, for doing what is right. Um, doing the right thing. 
Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's emergency personnel who are first responders and somebody stopped and rendered aid. You know, Rick stops and he renders aid, you know, to somebody and they're like, well, thank you for, you know, this person's alive because you did this. If you had just driven by and, and said, it's not my problem, somebody else can deal with it, you know, then that wouldn't have been this outcome. Um, so praise of the same. So they're, what are they intended for? They're intended to be there as far as government, as far as a king, as far as law enforcement. They're intended to be there for punishment of evildoers. You know, that is, that is what they're intended to be for. Now, can they usurp their authority and go beyond? Yes, they can. Have there ever been any evil rulers? Absolutely. Uh, have there ever been evil rulers? It's the only way that you can explain a person, you know, like Hitler uh, or somebody else, you know, Pol Pot, whatever. It, it's demonic had to be behind, you know, that. I mean, I think about even in our day, who wants to abolish the police? Why does that even sound like a good idea? You know, but that's, that's, that's something that's going on in our day. I mean, right now I'm, I'm reading news reports because of what happened in Uvalde. I'm reading news reports where people are saying, see, you know, they didn't respond when, as, as quickly as we thought they should have. Um, and, I'm, and there's been some other data that's come out, you know, since then. At first it was all being presented like they were just standing outside, you know, not going in and, and tasing parents that were trying to go in and save their kids. <clears throat> but now there was some kind of door they couldn't get through. They didn't have the tools that they needed to be able to get through it. I don't, I don't know all the details. We don't, you know, you read about that stuff, you hear about that stuff, you don't know all the details, so it's hard to make a judgment, you know, on that. But why would it be a good idea to abolish, you know, the police? Um, now, if you were living as a Jew in, in, <clears throat> in an occupied Nazi, you know, Germany, you might think with well, the SS agents, I could see what you could do without those people, you know. <clears throat> but again, we have this idea of authority that God's, you know, established. And Paul doesn't say to submit to them if they're good. And you don't have to submit to them if they're evil. Because you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, there was an evil ruler. You know, they were not going to submit, you know, to. There was an evil ruler. They were taken captive. You know, there's, there's, there's a whole scenario there, right? I mean, it's not just their, their native land, the mother country. They're, they've been taken captive to a foreign land, and there's an, not just a ruler that they're under, but an evil ruler. But it's not just whether they're evil or good. They weren't going to obey because he was asking them to disobey God. Uh, so they weren't going to obey that. But outside of that, had they obeyed? I mean, they, they asked, you know, Daniel asked for a variance, didn't he? You know, whenever they were brought in, they were to be fed from the king's table. They were to be given all these, you know, dainty morsels. And, and Daniel's like, look, this is really against what, what, as far as our dietary, you know, laws go. We, we would like to be exempt, you know, from that. So he approached, you know, the, um, the king's, can't remember the term of the, of the man that they approached. But anyway, and <clears throat> just give us a, you know, week or two weeks, whatever it was. And they appeared, you know, what does the Bible say, fatter of flesh, you know, than, than, uh, than the others who were eating the things that the king, you know, when eating the, what, what, what God had called them, you know, to, to eat as far as the dietary restrictions that there were in the Old Testament. So, you know, they, they're, they were seeking to obey where they could, but where they, where they couldn't, you know, they were like, I can't do that. I can't do that. Um, but we are called to, to submit, even it may be an evil ruler, uh, we're still called to to submit. Uh, the limitation again is always in the Lord. You know, the the power of the state delegated by God, not an absolute power. 
God's the only one that holds absolute power. The state has no authority over the souls of men. Remember what the Lord says? You know, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but fear God who can not only kill the body, but, you know, he can, he can send the, whole, the soul to, to hell, you know. Uh, he, has, he has authority over the soul beyond, you know, the grave. Um, <clears throat> when I think about this whole authority thing and power, um, the power that God gives, and I don't know if we mentioned this passage of Scripture last night, but, I mean, not last night, but last week, um, but John 19, you remember when Pilate says unto the Lord, don't you, don't you know I have the power to either put you to death or release you? And what does the Lord say? He says, you could have no power against me at all except it were given unto thee from above. Therefore, he that, that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. But <clears throat> where's power? It's, it's invested in God. And God grants it, you know, where he chooses. And he has authority, the king, governor, those types of things for a purpose. Um, so when the demands of the state are in conflict with the law of God, then resistance, think about resistance to the state. Resistance to the state is not only allowed, but, but really it, it is, it's more than that. It becomes our duty, you know, to, to resist. And when it's something that's commanded to us that's against uh, what God has called us unto, again, think about Rome being ruled by an emperor, you know, at this time. Um, when these Christians are receiving this letter. So the powers that be, God's established as law enforcing establishments upon the earth, ordained these powers to be um, those that execute justice on the earth. But again, like we said last week, they're subject to the same judgment that we are if they usurp or if they fail to carry out, you know, their duty. But but they're given for a purpose, right? I mean, you think about the the, the the law enforcement vehicles, I don't know how many of them say this anymore, but used to on the side, they would say, you know, to protect and to serve, right? I mean, that's what they're there for. You know, where did this whole concept come from? Where did the wisdom for that to be established, where did that come from? It came from God. You know, God established, you know, that. And, and you see on the back of a lot of the patrol cars, even today, in God we trust. And the God who gave them that authority to carry out that position you know, they're saying this is this is where this has come from, and this is you know, uh, you know. Hopefully, there's some of them that's a, a true reality for. But beyond that, just naturally speaking, they have that that authority that's been granted to them to carry out, um, you know, that task. We were at Marshalls in Conroe. You know, walked out. Teresa and I did, and there was there were two police cars already in the parking lot, and then we just kept hearing sirens and three or four you know, that arrived after that, and they had a car. You know, people were up on top of their cars trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, I'm content just to leave. You know, I don't need to know what's happening. Um, but, you know, you're, you're glad that there are those people to be able to respond to those situations. When the, the lady the other day that, that was laying in the churchyard, I mean, I'm glad there were emergency personnel, you know, to respond to a situation, you know, like that. Um, there are things they know how to do that I, I really don't. But they are the means that God has chosen um, to use to execute justice and judgment upon the earth, and we are being told to be subject, you know, under those powers. I mean, we ought to be the model citizens, right, uh, as far as those things are concerned. First Timothy 2 tells us in 
verses 1 through 3, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So you, you, you think about that verse of Scripture in terms of what we're talking about here? Um, we're to pray for these people that God has put in these positions because they are the ones that are given the task. They are tasked with keeping the peace, you know, as far as that's concerned and punishing, you know, evildoers that we might live, you know, peaceable lives. Um, Jeremiah 27 verses 5 through 7 says this, I have made the earth, the man, and the beast that are upon the ground by my great power, God says, and by my outstretched arm, and have given it unto whom it seemed meet or just or right to me. That's what he's saying. I've given it unto whom seemed meet to me. And now, you're thinking about that setting up the stage here, and now have I given all these lands. So it wasn't lands that he possessed always, wasn't lands that as he was set upon the throne that he possessed. These are new lands. I've given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Here's the interesting part, the next two words. I mean, it's interesting enough that we, that we see that God's given these things unto him. But what God uses as a, as a term, and this term here that we find that I'm, I'm about to tell you, this, this term that we find here is equal to what we see in Romans 13 when we see, like in um, verse number 4, when it talks about he is the minister of God, okay? So here in Jeremiah 27, he calls Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon. God says he calls him my servant. God calls Nebuchadnezzar his servant. So that's equivalent to what we see in Romans 13 when we see that word minister. It's equivalent to this term servant. So he's given it to the hand, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and the beast of the field have I given him also to serve him. And all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the very time of his land come. And then many nations, great and great kings, shall serve themselves of him. So, you know, we see that illustrated that we're, that we're reading about here in Romans 13. We see that illustrated in just that one place in Jeremiah 27 where we have a wicked king that God says, I'm the one that put him there. And God says, whether he realizes it or not, whether he acknowledges it or not, he's my servant. He's my servant. Now, not a servant in the sense of salvation is concerned, but a servant in the sense of being a minister to execute justice a minister to execute judgment. Um, and we know the rest of his story, you know, that he didn't always execute that in, in the right way, but, or even view his office in the right way. We read that last week, didn't we, where he's, he loses his reason and he's sent out into the field. So we see the hand that bears the sword is ordained to have such powers. So I'm using that term because what we read in Romans 13, they don't bear the sword in vain. So the hand that bears the sword is ordained by God to bear it, um, by the authority of God to punish evil. And as you, as you go along there and you read that 
that they're not a terror to good works in Romans 13, but to the evil. If you don't want to be afraid of the power, do what's good. You'll have praise of, this, praise of the same. He's a minister to God to thee for good. But if thou, so if you do what is evil, uh, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword uh, in vain. And even more interesting than that is when you go up further in verse number 2, and you read that those who resist, you know, this power is established by God, ordained by God. If you resist this power, you're resisting God. And it says, they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Well, what does that mean when it uses the word damnation? You know, what are we talking about there? I mean, we're talking about hellfire damnation? That's, that's too strong. That word damnation there has to do with judgment that anybody would face, that they've been given the authority to bear. So the judgment that any of us, so here you are a believer, you disobey the authority, you're going to get a speeding ticket just like anybody else would. You're not exempt. Uh, You're going to receive judgment just like anybody else does. Uh, If so be, can a Christian do it? David did. If so be that you murdered someone, guess what? You're going to face judgment. You're going to face a trial. You're going to face a jury. You're going to be, a sentence is going to be handed down and you're going to be, you know, sent to prison. Uh, that's, that's a reality. If, if we do those things, you know, we're going to suffer the same. And so that's, that's really what that, you know, has to do with, you know, there when it's, when it's using that, that term uh, damnation. So it's condemnation in a sense for doing what is what is wrong, but the government is given authority to exercise its office, and we are called to be subject, you know, to that. Um, you think about the authority that the that the the government or the state's been given. You read things like in Genesis nine, verses five and six, and surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast. Will I require it? You remember some of those instances in scripture where you had an ox that was an unruly ox and had done things before and maybe it gored a man to death. Well, that ox was to be put to death. Um, you know, we're not, we're not going to have that happen again. You know, that's just justice, you know, there. But at the hand of every beast will I require it and at the hand of every man and at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed for in the image of God made he man. So you start looking at things like the death penalty and the government having the authority to be able to carry, you know, that sort of a thing out. Um, you know, we, we see that, you know, here. I mean, you think about what, what was told to Peter when he pulled out the sword and he cut off the, the high priest's servant's ear. What, what did the Lord tell him? So he put the sword away. What? Those who live by the sword die by the sword. Yes, what are, what are we talking about there? I mean, we're, we're talking about had Peter, uh, you know, the Lord put that back on. I mean, that ear was picked up off the ground, or whether it was folded back, whatever, he put it back on the man's head. Um, you know, had Peter killed that man, what would have Peter suffered? He likely would have suffered whatever punishment, uh, death, likely, probably much swifter than, than than our justice system executes that sort of punishment. Um, but he would have suffered, you know, punishment as a result of that. Um, so authority, again, established by God. It, it's not to be resisted. If we resist it, we resist the ordinance of God. Are there any militant groups that resist authority? 
Yeah, they're all over the place, aren't they? Um, <clears throat> so rules are not generally against us. I say generally. These rules aren't generally against us if we're doing what is right. I mean, that's the way it should be. Uh, we, we shouldn't have to be afraid of, of the authority if we're doing, you know, what is right. I know that could be different in different places or different circumstances. Even here, it may happen here one day. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got Luke 18, verse 7, you know, as a comfort to me. Shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out to him, you know, day and night? Uh, absolutely. Uh, will God not set the scales of justice right? Uh, does that mean that I wouldn't be put to death wrongfully? No, it doesn't mean that that wouldn't happen. It's happened to, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ in different places in our own day. We see it throughout the Scripture, you know, taking place. But, but um, again, we're to, as, as much as it is possible, I think that helps, as much as it is possible, we are to abide until it's no longer possible. You know, we were looking at that before, you know, we're to be at peace with men as long as it's possible, but if someone's trying to take my life, you know, I'm, I'm going to defend myself, you know, against that. Well, here, if the government's telling us to do something and then it's against God's life, as much as possible, it's against what God said, I can't, I can no longer do that. Um, so their power is a limited power, isn't it? It's to the scope that God's given. They don't have power, you know, in, in terms of these things. Uh, to to change these things or to rewrite these things or to say, because you say those things, those things are hate speech. Well, guess what? I'm going to have to keep saying them even though you call it hate speech because it's the truth of God's word. And I wouldn't be loving the person that I'm saying these things to if, if I didn't say them. Call it what you will. Um, I, I don't call it hate speech. I call it love speech. You know, I'm, I'm telling you about the, the wrath and judgment of God against you know the life that you're living. Um, you know, do you care about your soul? So we shouldn't have to dread the authorities as long as we do what's right and good. But yeah, I think about what the Lord said. You'd have no power against me at all except it were given from above. You know, Pilate makes this boast. I have the power. Did he have the power? I could release you. Could he release him? <laughs> he couldn't release him. He didn't release him. He tried to release him. He wasn't able to release him. Uh, who should I release to you? You know. Barabbas or Jesus? This is a good man. Don't you want him released? He's trying to get him released, but they're saying, if you release that man, you're no friend of Caesar. And that Caesar was, Pilate was afraid. And and, and that, so he was facing a mob of men and he could not execute his office. He was afraid, you know, of what might happen, you know, unto him. And, and we see that in other places, don't we? You know, where you know those who were in position of authority would have taken the disciples, or they would have taken Jesus if they could have at that time. But because of the people, you know, they didn't. They wouldn't. But these people in these positions of authority, or these higher powers, we're talking about again, they are ministers or servants. Is a better you know way for us to think about it, I guess. Um, that have been given by God to to keep, as it were, the peace. Um, to punish, you know, evildoers. And again, if we did evil, we'd punish, be punished and, and, and the same. But um, I guess I'll sum it up like this. I'll close with this. And this is you know, what the Lord said. We are to render unto Caesar what Caesar's. So God's given the authority. 
He's given the power. He's invested that power within the government for a purpose. So we render to Caesar what's Caesar's, and we render to God, you know, what's God's. So hopefully that that makes sense. That helps. Um, we haven't we haven't dug deep, you know, into the the Christian versus the state and and uh, you know our responsibility, you know, there. But but just helping look at the beginning of this. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. You know, that's that's really all we were seeking to do. You know, today is to look at that. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. If we resist that, we're resisting Him. Um, and we know plenty of people who kind of have that mentality. Uh, they 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 have that mentality to resist. <clears throat> so render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but unto God what is God's. You know, taxes those are Caesar's. Um, you know, we're called to obey the law of the land. Here's your taxes. You know, take take as many of the. Now, the tax breaks as, as you're allowed, you know, but, but um, you know, I, I know people who don't want to pay their taxes. Well, this is an unjust government. I'm not going to pay my taxes. Well, it's the government under which we live, and God's called me to obey that government as long as that government doesn't call me to transgress God's law. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, unto God what is God's. All right. Well, let's stand, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Did we not sing as long? I guess we didn't go over as far from Sunday school. It's only twelve eleven. So, any other thoughts on those things? Questions? Okay, you've heard enough. Oh, sorry. Oh wow. And that was your your son? Okay. Her her his his wife's dad. Okay, passed away. Okay. All right. And I I know I met him. Your son. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What what was his name? Terry. Terry. I'm trying I'm trying to place him in my mind. Okay. Okay. Right up front, okay, okay, yeah. He, where does he live? In Pasadena, okay, yeah. Well, remember um, this family. Um, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, right? Okay. Anybody else? Thankful that I know it's a simple procedure, but anything can happen, you know. Um, I know when Teresa had her wisdom teeth out, I could not believe the noises that I heard from the lobby. You know, I'm like, you kidding me? <laughs> it sounds like they're torturing somebody back there. She wasn't screaming or anything. She was out, you know, but, um, and she said she, I wasn't there for Rebecca, but she said she heard the same noises when Rebecca had hers out, but she said when Andrew had his out, it was, she didn't hear anything. Um, so, but we're thankful the Lord's uh, brought you through that, and sister, that that you're back and well. I know Ryan's still, I guess, feeling sick, uh, so be in prayer for him. Uh, Cheryl's now retired, yeah. <laughs> so that's nice. That's nice. Um, Brother Wiseman, you've retired before and went back to work. I said, "Are you still mowing yards? Are, are you still mowing? You still helping with that lawn service?" Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Steve's been retired for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe he'll be good. Uh, all right. Well, we are thankful, you know, for that too. That the Lord brought. I I just felt certain they were going to have to do some kind of invasive procedure, and the two doctors said no. So we'll we'll uh, go on on that for now, uh, or he will. It's not my decision; it's his. So. So, uh, but we are thankful that uh, the Lord brought Dad through that. And, and, uh, but pray for one another. I know everybody's got things, you know, going on. I know we haven't seen your mom and dad in a while. So, uh, just remember each other throughout the week. Uh, I was sitting there this morning studying, thinking somebody's probably praying for me. You know, maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That would be a hard thing um, to have, you know, a, a divorced household. I've not ever had to know that, and your kids being in one place or another. I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I can imagine um, some difficulties, you know, with that sort of situation. So, um, yeah, grace, grace there, strength, you know, there, wisdom, wisdom to deal with certain people. Yeah, I can imagine that too. Um, so, well, the Lord didn't say he wouldn't give any of those things. Those are all things the Lord gives, so we can go ask for those things. Uh, and he said that he would grant them, so, so uh, yeah. Anybody else? No? Okay. I'm not trying to get us to 1230. I'm just asking. Yeah, I'm really not. I'm really not. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll go to the Lord again in prayer. Um, Dad, would you pray for us?